You're listening to Further Faster in association with Montaigne, the podcast that asks ultra-athletes, mountaineers, and explorers the why and the how. Hello, and welcome to Further Faster in association with Montaigne. My name is Daniel Nielsen, and in these podcasts, I speak to athletes, climbers, and explorers in an attempt to understand why they do what they do and what makes them so tenacious and so successful. My guest this month perhaps understands them better than most. After all, he's dedicated his life to documenting remarkable journeys, whether that's first ascent on Baffin Island or following my recent guest, Jesse Dufton, to lead the Old Man of Hoy a remarkable feat for someone almost entirely blind. Yep, Al Lee's resulting film, Climbing Blind, has so far won the grand prize at the Kendall Mountain Festival and the best climbing film at the Torello Mountain Film Festival. Inevitably, there's going to be more gongs on their way. And why? Well, Al makes his films with such humanity, such a strong narrative hook, and avoids all those cliches that we see. Here, he's going to tell you how he does it. Listen in. Okay, so here I am with Al Lee adventure filmmaker thank thanks for joining us on further faster uh, no problem pleasure to be here wherever, wherever we are wherever I mean, we home, are but, you know. yeah, yeah yeah and i'm in my home there we go <laughs> there you go so thanks, well, we... thanks, for, jo- thanks for joining us the, the, the listeners you know quite likely in their own home so yeah, there we yeah. are exactly we're all we, at home we can so... pretend that we're in a fancy studio somewhere but um... yeah yeah although some people are probably you know maybe commuting or driving so yeah anyway thanks for thanks for joining us thanks for joining us indeed um so obviously you're a pretty well-known name in the kind of the adventure filmmaking world um and most recently i guess it was uh winning the um the main prize at the kendall mountain festival for climbing blind so congratulations on that thanks very much um yeah, t- tell us a little bit about, I mean, we interviewed Jesse Dufton um, a couple of months ago, and it was really interesting to hear it from his perspective. But what attracted you to that story in the first place? Well, I mean, quite simply, the fact that he's blind and he was <laughs> rock climbing, you know, <laughs> and that is a le- and OK, that sounds like a bit of a dumb answer, but the, the, there's a lesson in that. As, you know, for any any aspiring filmmakers or just storytellers in general, mm-hmm. and this and it's a problem that you will face when you deal with climbing stories and climbing films mm-hmm. uh, in the era that we're now in and the state of play that where climbing's reached. And that if you can't explain your story in a sentence, yep. then you've got a problem. Right, <laughs> and. So that, that, that's not to say it's a simple story. It's absolutely not a simple story. It's it's a story I soon realised that I'd had a, so much to it. There was so much to discover and to explore, and it had all these levels and uh, and depth to it. And so, just because you can say it in a sentence, it doesn't doesn't mean it's simple at all. But what it means is that it's digestible by a wide audience. People can get it and understand it. And so if you say blind man climbs Old Man Ahoy, mm-hmm. we'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, don't, we, we, we might not understand how yeah, yeah. Or, or why or what's going on. It, and in fact, because it poses all these questions, that's what's good about it. It pulls you in. It's intriguing. We're all fascinated. Right. So it's the same for me in that when I first met 
Jesse and he told me he could barely see. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty much completely blind, yet he's a rock climber. You're like, all right, that's pretty unusual. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then when he tells you that he leads and he leads trad, like everyone else, my mind was blown yep. in that I just couldn't, as a climber myself, a lifelong climber, I just couldn't get my head around how that was even possible. You know, placing gear, like trad gear, it's really fiddly. It's a very visual thing, you know, right. estimating what size, what piece of gear goes in what crack. And, and you know, it's quite dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> gear, gear rips, you know, it's, uh, it's, there's a, there's a real element of risk and danger here. So, so my mind was blown. So now I'm not saying that I had any idea the story in the film would, were going to be anything like as big and successful and far reaching as it's proved to be. That's fantastic. And I'm really pleased about that. At first I was, I was just interested, but I probably had five or six different ideas on my desk, I suppose, at that time of year. It was This is back in February. It's not that yeah. long ago. No, no, God. These things happen pretty quickly. Yeah. And it was just one of, like, a few ideas that was, oh, yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the problem is that we all, we're all, all our minds are kind of set by, the, you know, the media and the films that we watch and what we see, and that influences and that shapes the way we think about things. Yeah. And there's been a lot, or, well, not a lot, but there's been quite a few paraclimbing films mm-hmm. the fctv have commissioned a few and uh i suppose there was stumped which was which was really good and that, that was kind of a bit more uh, refreshing and had, had a bit more energy to it but overall i suppose it's it's very easy to just slip into that as a bit like if you hear about oh an expedition film you just create a certain vibe or an emotional reaction in your mind and uh, i suppose even though I was like, oh, wow, yeah, uh, blind climber leading trad. Wow, that, that's pretty interesting. Okay, might do something that. Maybe it's a short film. But I suppose I was still hit by the preconceptions of what a paraclimbing film involved. Right. And you're perhaps thinking, oh, yeah, they're always really sentimental. They're always, they always kind of play on the disability a lot. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot, you get all the friends and family interviewed and, and they, they're very, you know, they can be kind of, um, you know, I don't say this without upsetting loads of people. Uh, <laughs> they, can, they can just kind of play on the, the disability like too much, really, yeah, okay. instead of, you know, perhaps celebrating and exploring the person and the positive side of things. Um, and, you know, not, I guess that's just a general feeling I got. So whilst I thought, oh, yeah, that's really interesting, I don't, you know, I didn't think, oh, yeah, I'll do a big full-hour documentary, I'll go for it. Yeah. It was only, you know, it was just like, oh, maybe I'll make a short film. Right. And it was only once I'd been out with Jesse a couple of times. That, I mean, I, it, I mean, it, you know, I thought it was amazing. Straight away, it was clear, like, Jesse's quite an unusual person, regardless of whether he's blind or not. He's, he's kind of extraordinary. Yeah. He's, ex- he's exceptionally bright. And the way, he, he, but it's not just, it's not just about being, you know, <laughs> pretty smart. It's just his attitude towards things was, was really refreshing and very unusual uh, for someone with such a severe disability. And that's, that's not to be taken lightly, because if you say blind, that covers a wide spectrum of, of from, you know, just partially sighted to, to completely blind. And although being completely blind, it's actually very rare. Yeah. It, um, you know, most most people have some kind of light, light perception or something. 
But and it's not to be underestimated that Jesse is at, right at the severe end of just how blind he is. And he, we went, and he, and that was the thing because it went out. I filmed him climbing the first time, and it was kind of amazing. But at the same time, I was a I was a little bit not confused, but kind of muddled in that. I was like, you know, that the thing is, Jesse, like you you can't really tell, you can't see <laughs> when you're climbing because you're just you're pretty competent. And he's very, and it just kind of revealed this world I wasn't expecting. You're expecting to see this guy like feeling around all over the place and it all being a bit sketchy and desperate. Yeah. And really, it was like, well, he just kind of looks like any other climber. I mean, regardless. Uh, as you know, it was an easiest climb that I first filmed him on, so that was one thing, I suppose. But the other thing, the big reveal, really, was when I went out with him, was that is the partnership and the relationship he has with his now wife yeah. Molly, who is his sight guide and belayer. That blew me away. Not only in how sophisticated they'd become, I just don't think they realised how easy and fluid and efficient they were being about all this really fairly complicated and dangerous stuff (laughs) and how they were just kind of you know that how they were making light work of it and obviously they've been together a long time and they've got it down how they did it and they had the headsets and the microphones and and it really works and it was really efficient but not only that her just molly's kind of patience and support as someone um, who's in a relationship myself, it just, just that side of it blew me away. It was like, wow, you know, if that was me, I'd have lost it by now. <laughs> just, just, um, um, like mind blowing. So, the, yeah. so both of them, like, I was just really impressed and really dumbfounded by the whole thing. Yeah. And then I had to kind of go away and think about, okay, so how do I get this to come through the camera? How do I really expose what's going on here? And that's why, you know, if you see the film, I won't give anything away, but you'll, there's various uh, devices and scenes uh, which we crafted, which really highlight just exactly what's going on. Right, right. So, and it was, I suppose, after I'd been out with them a couple of times, I was like, all right, all bets are off. Like, forget everything else. I'm, I'm going to give this everything. I think this is potentially a really good story and a, and a far-reaching story. And also, so I went for it. I was like, well, I'm going to make an hour documentary. Cause I th- and also, I thought I could sell it for TV, which is always a big thing. Yeah, if yeah. you're a, you know, essentially, I'm a niche specialist filmmaker. So TV success and contracts are not guaranteed. <laughs> Let's put right. it that way. Okay, it's, okay. it's quite hit and miss. It, it can happen frequently some years. There's all, there's all these little channels all over the world that do look for the kind of content I produce, but mm-hmm. there's no, you know, you can also have some years where you don't really get anything going at all. So if I see something that, you know, a story that's got, got a wider throw, yeah. then that, that obviously just from a business side of things, that is uh, exciting. And that, you know, it's, and it, I, it's just exciting to tell a story that reaches more people, regardless of any financial implications. It's just, that just buoys you along. I think when you see, you know the kind of people and the diversity of people that have come to watch the film and the reaction that's very fulfilling in itself so i kind of ditched all my other ideas and just went for it with jesse really you know and and, uh, and i suppose it was some of the initial social media posts that i did also really helped me in that you know normally i, I suppose the, the most popular 
thing I'd ever put on Facebook was like when my when I delivered my uh, third child at home. We didn't make it to the ambulance, so I like I delivered it at home and he, and you know did it all myself. And I put all this, and that was like the most popular thing I've ever put on Facebook. And, yeah. And that's often the case. It's like kind of birth, deaths, and, and marriages. It's like that's really what connects us all in some way. Is the common denominator there? And, but when I did, I think it was the first or second post about Jesse when I'd been out filming him doing great westerns from Armscliff, um, it was the most popular thing I've oh. ever put Why on was social that? media. What, well, what, what, well how, why did what, bre- what did it the, resonate? What resonated so much? Well, you tell me. Uh, I it's. As I said, it goes back to the, the that simple answer I gave you. Mm-hmm. People just can't fathom it, but you can explain it very succinctly. Blind man leads trad. That's it. You've said it in a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. We. It's not contrived. It's not complex. A lot of climbing now is more. It's about faster. It's about lighter. It's about improved style. Mm-hmm. But it soon gets hard. You know, if you try and explain it to your mum. Unless she's a really good, like you know, your mum's Lynn Hill, yeah. or whatever, like, or knows no. <laughs> about climbing. No, exactly. My yeah. mum doesn't know that much about climbing, even though I make climbing films. Yeah. Um, but I always try and make it so she can understand them. But the point is, as soon as you're into your third or fourth sentence, yeah, you know, obviously people have scrolled on. You know, we especially in you know the super competitive world of social media, where it's hard to get noticed. Yeah. And it was one of those, so, ever, so you could, it, it was really easy to explain, as I say, but clearly nobody could get their head around it either. Yeah. So it was just fascinating and it was really inspiring. People were just like, wow, that sounds amazing. Wow, he must, he must have a, you know, a pair on him. You know, he's, yeah. wow, this, and it really, so it was really interesting to really see a para climbing story really grab everyone in a, you know, in, in a, and not just climbers. It's, it's one of those rare stories where, not climbers were fascinated by it, but it it extended beyond that. Clearly, the wider public yep. are into the story as well. It's had a lot of mainstream coverage. He's been on Breakfast TV. He's, he's been on uh, BBC World News, mm-hmm. uh, loads of broadsheets, uh, uh, CNN News. Right, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just one of those rare stories, and you know. Blimey, I wish if I knew if I knew what the formula was for that and I could bottle it, yeah. I'd do it. <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know, ultimately I see it as well as a filmmaker. I'm in the game, I'm always putting myself out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get contacted by lots of people. So is it just luck? Well, kind of, but at the same time not really. But I guess it's just one of those special stories that comes along every every kind of five or ten years. Yeah. I mean so, it, it's it's one of those that got such a clear hook to it, but then it has more more levels and more levels and more levels. That's it. And he's a and dude, you, isn't he? I mean, he's funny. Well, he, and... He's absolutely brilliant. Yes, he is. And I was, you know, the first time I went out and I filmed him a bit and then we did do an interview straight away. Mm-hmm. And I was really taken by how well he spoke. I thought, you know, this guy, is, he's, this is, he's a film star, this guy, no doubt about it. Like, he's just so good on camera. And he's just got this spirit about him. That really just uh, puts puts your own problems and life in in perspective, and just you know, if you're not inspired by this film and Jesse's, you know, he's this incredibly refreshing attitude mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, towards life, which which is you know, and uh, which is in large part down to it, the support he receives from Molly, and uh, but also the way he was raised, which is the film obviously explores that as well. Yeah. 
um, tells you a lot. Obviously, it's, it's not everything, but it's um, you can see the clear connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this case, you know, his, uh, his parents, well, they didn't even know for the first few years. And then when he walked, how blind he was, yeah. How blind he was, that he had any trouble at all. They had not realized that there was anything wrong with his eyes for kind of nearly four years, (laughs) which is amazing. Yeah, Um, but they were still throwing him up. They do all slabs. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, they took him up into all slabs when he was two and a half. He had no idea that he could only see 20% of what was going on. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, and then, but even when that came, they were just like, oh, well, I mean, obviously it must be devastating, but they just kind of in a way shrugged it off and were like oh well we'll, we'll just carry on do, we'll just do what we'll just carry on doing the same things and mm-hmm. see how he manages and in a way by not kind of you know um just getting lost in self-pity which must be very hard because you're bound to yeah feel feel pretty pitiful about a, a diagnosis like that and yeah yeah uh, but, you know, somehow they just kind of carried on. They carried on doing lots of activities and stuff. And, and that really set... And, he, you know, he, they, he was offered a space at a special school and he didn't want that. He just wanted to go to a normal school because he already had his kind of friends there. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great... There's a lot of lessons in it. That's the thing. It, although it's a climbing film, it, it's, the, the story is really a very human story. And a, a story, I suppose, about a very positive side of the human spirit. You know, and um, yeah, attitudes everything in many ways. For sure, is 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 that kind of something that you look for in the climbing films that you've done previously? I mean, do do you think? I mean, th- th- this one kind of just nails that, like, yeah. squarely. Don't, I mean, it's it's one hundred percent everything Absolutely. that you want it to be. Um, yeah. When you're looking at climbing films, you know the films that you've done in the past. Yeah. Are you always looking for that as well? Or you, or sometimes think, oh God, I'm not quite sure how this is going to come across. Or... Yeah, well, well, yeah, I'm definitely always looking for a human story and a and a human element to yeah. the films that I make. Abs- absolutely, uh, just a film just about you know an ascent and that you know the, the just focusing on moves and difficulty and grades is not anything I've ever really been interested in. Yeah, and I suppose uh, you know. A lot, uh, there was a period where I was making a lot of expedition films and I really tried to push on the production standard of what was possible at the time because I suppose when I came into it, this, you know, 10 years ago when I was making my first expedition film, I've been making films for quite a few years by then. Yeah. Uh, but you'd see a lot of expeditions at festival, uh, expedition films at, at film festivals and they were generally quite dreary and... formulaic. Yeah, well, just not a great watch because um, it was very hard to capture what was going on. Right. You know, you'd get a lot of interview footage, you know, it'd be like death by interview footage because right. you'd got all the protagonists telling the story. And you'd also, I can remember this one thing I watched about Expedition to Greenland, and it was an hour long, mm-hmm. and there was almost 45 minutes of approaching the objective yeah. because they could film it. You've got the energy and nothing's really going wrong. And then on the, the actual climb itself, there was almost no footage because, of course, you're all epicking and you're having a nightmare and the camera crew are having a nightmare as well. So you didn't really get much. So I really wanted to kind of change that to some extent and push the boundaries of, of what we were seeing, which I think, you know, really probably, you know, the Asgard project really achieved that. It, yeah. it, it changed how we, we could, you know, we, I, I, I think I tried to turn... The, you know, an ex- a self-shot expedition film 
Well, not self-shot, because they were taking me just to film it. So, <laughs> uh, But there was a lot of self-shooting. But turn it more, you know, give it more of a, a movie feel and take my inspiration. So I used, like, a composer and I had a score. And, we, and you know, we had a, I had a second cameraman who was doing a lot of amazing uh, time-lapse landscapes and things. And yeah. it all kind of sounds quite predictable now. But at the time, it was really groundbreaking yeah, it was, it was, for a camera. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of that's down to Leo Holding, of course, as well, because you can't just have a, a, a production or filmmaker who wants to do that. You need the climbers themselves to be as into making a groundbreaking film as doing the climb itself. So, sure. And I think what comes through in that and what people will often comment is that uh, you get a real sense of the camaraderie and friendship and the spirit of the team because I'm kind of embedded in in the team and the, and the crew, and I, you know, this, the trick for me, the secret, I suppose, is that you've got you've got to become one of the crew. You, right. you can't just be this external or separate thing who's filming. So you, you've got to muck in as much as you you can with uh, the day to day tasks. Mm-hmm. Although there is obviously everyone knows that you know I am there to film, and there's all this stuff that needs doing, constant backing up, charging, managing kit. But you, you've got to muck in and become one of the crew. And, then, and over time, the kind of the, the barriers drop and they forget the camera's there. And then you really get a bit... What you end up with is something very authentic and you really get to know these people properly. Yeah. And because of that, because you, because you see them suffering, you see them when they're knackered and you see them when they're unhappy or you see them when they've hurt themselves or when things aren't going right, all those things make you empathize with them because we all have that in our own lives yeah. and we rather than it all just you know being incredible climbing and or going up going off without a hitch and being incredibly impressive it could also be be incredibly boring and not not so engaging so yeah i suppose i suppose that side of it with the expeditions i've always tried to make sure the the protagonists are, are very human and yeah i suppose the the way i I go about it. Uh, hopefully, draws that in. And and, um, and 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 how does that different differ? Kind of when you're there, are, are, you, are you just kind of a camera always on, got to get no, everything not, or not at all? No, I mean, well, I mean, you could be like that, but I one of the things, one of the problems you've got making films on expeditions is that you've got limited battery and data, so you can't, you you physically can't practically you can't just film low as much as you want. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for example, obviously with, with Climbing Blind, Jesse's film, I would actually film, like, you go out for a day, and I'd film a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you be, the thing you've got to realize is, as a climbing filmmaker or adventure filmmaker is you're actually, you're a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. And that might sound obvious or not, but it took me a long time to realize it. Right. <laughs> In that, you know, you, you're not, uh, it's not drama, you know, it's not script. You, you, it really, the, the magic or the, what, the thing that will make or break your film is the reality of what you manage to capture. Yeah. And of course, the, you know, the kind of like uh, law of averages, <laughs> monkeys with typewriter theory, the more you can have the camera on filming, the more you might get something good. Although it's not quite that simple. Uh, because why do different filmmakers create different films? Cause, yeah. So there is an element of how the individual director or filmmaker approaches it. And in fact, there's more than an element that that's huge in how you kind of capture what's going on. Because it's about how they feel around you and uh, 
and uh, you know setting the vibe in the first place but when i film with jesse i would do enormous long takes mm-hmm. in order to really capture um the reality of what was going on and be able to pick the pearls out of all this you know essentially a lot of like pretty boring footage yeah yeah but that's how that's how any documentary is made <laughs> you've got to do it but you can't do that on an expedition so it's you more it's more about being a bit crafty and where a bit of experience comes in in that you've got to kind of discipline and ration how much you're filming a day and especially when you get committed on a mountain or a wall yeah. you might only be able to film an hour or so a day so then it's really crucial that you pick you know your moments and realize that and it's probably the bit that you don't want to film or is the hardest to film or most inconvenient. Yeah. That's the bit you should be filming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. When you, yeah, when you, when, you, when you look at your camera and uh, <laughs> you think, oh, I'm not sure if I can do this. And, but yeah, it's pushing that, that extra it. thing. I mean, have you become, like I say, you said it took you a while to realize you're a documentary filmmaker. Have you become a student of documentaries? You, uh, to you... an extent, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose, yeah, this year actually, um, so well, I worked, so a couple of years ago I worked on a, um, I, it was, it was the only year in the last 16 years, I think, mm-hmm. where I haven't made my own films. A couple of years ago, I, I was a DOP on a, a German, um, cinema documentary right. and it was supposed to be about climbing, which is why I was pulled in and then it all got changed and it wasn't. And anyway, the job itself ended up being a bit weird and, uh, and, and I didn't, I didn't enjoy it at all, and I, I kind of bailed from it in the end, which was a, which was a shame because I've never, you know, I'm the kind of person that never, I've never really quit anything. Right. But there was there was some important lessons in there for me in a way, and that it did kind of make me study the documentary technique, and it was a good. It really helped me reboot my own career in a way because I, I suppose over the course of a you know a lifetime of making films, you any you know any artist, any creative person. Uh, you're, you're going to have periods where you struggle for whether that's for motivation or content or where you, you know you just burn yourself out. So there's going to yeah. be some you know there's going to be some down periods. It's not all uh, it's not all awards. <laughs> <laughs> Although you have it's, won quite a few. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm, I would say I've done yeah I've done really well out of it. Yeah. Uh, but even someone who's perceived like you say I have a I'm well known. I have a good name in in the industry, uh, and but I have I have very bad years, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even Jimi Hendrix wrote bad songs, you know. It's yeah. not an <laughs> anyone who's you know o- over the course of time things. It's not all roses at all, and yeah. like I say, and obviously I'm hitting a purple patch now, and that's and that's it's that's re- <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. But it was it was good for me to go and do something else and like get perspective of like oh no that's why I do what I do and throw myself back into it. Yeah. But also just the way they've directed it and stuff. Whilst I kind of hated it, I kind of had to admit to myself in the end that there were things I could learn from it. Yeah, sure. And and then this year I started reading a couple of documentary filmmaking books, right. which was really good and bad at the same time. Was that sixteen years too late? Do you think, or was it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Right. Not at all. But you know, well, I mean. Would it have made any difference if I'd have read well, it 16 years ago? You've done all right without them. <laughs> Probably not. Exactly. It did all right without them. But at the same time, I think the key thing is, 
If I'd have read it 16 years ago, I don't think it would have had the same resonance as it did now. I think that's what's interesting. But Mm. I think what you've got to do, regardless of who you are, how good you think you might be at something, is always to not be critical or harsh, but just accept that there's always more to learn. Yeah, and start striving for being better i mean that's the absolute creative life isn't it yeah every single film i make i always try and make the best film i've ever made mm-hmm. and i'm you know always get into it give it everything i've got and obviously you know but i started reading this book this year by this documentary filmmaker barry hamp it's called documentary films and reality videos mm-hmm. and it was really and he's so hard in the book like clearly he knows exactly what he's on about and he's sick and tired of seeing all the same mistakes everyone makes and yeah. and it was really good because a lot of what he was saying i was like yeah 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 because yeah. you're like because you're really reassured in that oh that's exactly what i'm doing that's what i've been doing all the time brilliant and then other things he'd point out you were like oh, oh you're just yeah. holding your head because you're like oh <laughs> god yeah i do that every time yeah he's right he's right so it was it's good to always you know look at your own work and reassess what you're doing and yeah as you say just just strive strive for improvement and i think with you know and i knew with jess's film that i knew it was a great story and i felt well if i can as long as i don't mess this up As long as I do this justice and, you know, get the storytelling right, and I, and I really want to try and improve my own storytelling with this film, I thought, it, you know, hopefully it'll do pretty well. And right. so the, and that's an interesting thing. Probably, and again, I'll reference the Asgard project, but that was a huge challenge, something I'd never done before. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is that the great stories and the great protagonists bring the best out of you yeah. and you end up you know you, you do your best work and it was because you know working with Leo he had all this energy and he was just really good on camera and all, all these ideas and well that suddenly my I was you know I just seemed to have way more I was like editing like I'd never edited and it was it, and just suddenly put and, and it also inspired lots of other people to get involved because the project it seemed exciting so there's something to be you know but it, it is kind of a snowball thing when you get a really exciting project or story you know yeah it, it brings the best out in you so so kind of moving moving forward what are the elements <coughs> of your filmmaking that you've learned over the last you're reading the book or you know that you're pushing now i mean like i say with the asgard project there was all sorts of interesting kind of cinematic things that you mm. included in it and obviously the, the jesse one is just such a solid solid story and a clear narrative arc what what, what are the elements now I, I guess within the context of lots of other adventure films that you'll have seen at kendall or wherever what yeah, what, what, what are the elements that you want to be focusing on yeah to be honest i, hard, I hardly watch any other climbing films i'm terrible <laughs> <laughs> i did i've actually been going to a few festivals i have actually caught a couple recently and yeah, i quite enjoyed a couple of them it's good yeah. uh, but 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 where do you see kind of those i mean the, the, I there's an know, argument like, say that there's a bit of a, a formula attached to a lot of these films whether it's yes uh, i suppose so yeah and I, I suppose that's probably why i don't like i've only just watched the dawn wall you know yeah and i've only like i did actually go to the cinema to watch free solo but it's mainly because i had a couple of pictures in it so i was just right. really <laughs> the personal thing of like I've, I've, i was like i've got to go and see my name in a cinema yeah. <laughs> real thing so i just went on my own to the corner house in manchester like one tuesday afternoon sat there like complete sad like going yes <laughs> small pictures you know waiting so, until the just, end <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah the film is terrible oh, good end credits you know but so i went but yeah i try not to because i suppose 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of too close to the subject matter yeah. to really enjoy these things for what they are. So I d that's probably why I don't watch many, because I don't really enjoy climbing films. I spend, you know, I spend my whole life, like, working sure. on them, so... But, but I do love film and I do love documentary and I, you know, I'll, I do watch a lot of films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, climate, yeah, I'm usually too critical. And, and also, yeah, as you say, they can be formulaic and it's, I just have no time for it. Like anything I try and watch on the internet that people post on Facebook, mm -hmm. I rarely get past the first 10, 12 seconds. You know, I'm Never very does. like, I can, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe, well, we're, maybe we're all getting the same thing. But, you know, obviously, you can tell within the first 10 seconds yeah. what a video is going to be yeah. like. I mean, we're at the stage now where we've done a 15 second trailer for a two minute film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess that's another, an, another element. What, what, do you think it's because that story isn't strong enough that doesn't have that clear climbing blind hook and 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 i, oh, I guess the question is does it worry you that you're not going to find these hooks again and again and again i mean well uh, well i mean it doesn't worry me i mean but i mean but it is hard it is hard you know i've had a, there's a couple of people uh, I'm, in the, I'm obviously in a privileged position now in that i do get approached by various athletes wanting to make films and I'll always throw it back to them. I was like, but what's the story? Yeah, yeah. And most people don't actually understand the concept of what a story is, yeah. is one problem. And they'd be like, oh, well, I was, you know, oh, well, if you're looking for an environmental thing, you know, uh, is some guy going to do something? He's going to jump off something. He's like, oh, well, you know, well, the local people, like, they're, um, you know, they, they struggle for water. So we could talk about that. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a story. I was like, that's just a, an, you know, a coincidental bit of environmental information that happens to be on the same objective that you're climbing on. Yeah. The, the story would be if you were climbing it to raise awareness or if you climbed it and unplugged a dam at the top and then the village all got water, that would be a story, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but so, it's, so actual stories, not only are they kind of hard to find, but it seems... We, you know, we've lost, <laughs> um, or people just don't seem to realise what the actual story is. We've become to maybe compartmentalise about how we see, you know, we oh yeah, it wants to have this, 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 it needs to have this, this. Oh, we need a bit of environmental. We need a bit of um, bit of hard climbing, a bit of training, or a bit of an injury. Yeah. And it can, yeah, and I suppose that's uh, almost like a narrative by numbers. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, I mean and, and, that, and that's kind of forcing. I mean, I see this, you know, as a working for magazines and that kind of stuff you see you see this yeah. you see you see the same sort of thing or when people are pitching they go oh, i've been here do you want to you know do you want a piece about it and it's like well not unless there is a good yeah solid <laughs> story to it like yeah, you know yeah. i mean one thing is that you know is a writer the thing that is rammed down your throat is a destination is not a story or no exactly a story. And that's the problem and neither's the climb and that's what yeah. some people see you know especially now you know maybe it was 12 years ago because we haven't seen, you know, yeah, climbing hasn't yeah. been filmed so much, but now it's like, well, we've seen it all now. We've seen it loads. <laughs> so, yeah, so what is the difference? Why am I watching this? And, but, yeah, I must admit right now, how am I going to top climbing blind? Well, I'm not, is the, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably, you know, I'm no doubt I will make another film next year. It will <laughs> probably be totally different. Uh, maybe it'll be another expedition. Maybe I'll go back there. Maybe it'll be... But the the key, what I always find is really important to do, um, which is why I stopped uh, going on the trips with Leo, because as amazing as they were, mm -hmm. 
just creatively, I couldn't really see what else I could do with them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, and of course, I've you know I've, I've made a bunch of all all, all you know, very different types of films since then. So creatively, that, that keeps me alive. And it's moving on to something else, perhaps tackling a, a genre within the adventure world that I've not, t- you know, like power, the power athlete was obviously something that I'd not really touched. So yeah. to take that and, but, and he, you know, to think, all right, I'll really try and do something groundbreaking with this and, you know, reinvent that type of film. Yeah. That's what excites me. And, and that's the key to kind of, you know, keeping yourself fresh. And I think, you know, at, at some point, hopefully I'm in some success. But uh, just yeah, just just moving on, right. <laughs> trying to be completely different. You know, almost for better or worse. Yeah. It, it's in the long run, it'll be for the better, I think. Right, but there's not there's nothing there's nothing there right now that you're kind of working no, on. No, not at all. No. Right. Okay. And of course, you know, the the you the might, biggest you mistake. Might get bombarded I... now by people saying. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm run Although, this. <laughs> probably not. It's so hard to find good stories. So yeah. you know, if yeah. um if people have got good stories, by all means, get in touch. I'd love to hear it, but. Um, overall, it's like people. I'm going on this expedition. You're like, okay, that sounds cool, but really, where's you know, where's that third dimension? Where's that? Where's that depth? What's the? What's the? What's the? What's the plot here? And and there usually isn't one. Yeah. yeah. And of course, it'd be the biggest mistake I could make would be to make another film about Jesse. Yes. Even though, well, you, unless TV came along and went, oh, we'll give you this, then of course I'd do it. We'll give you like, four times the budget to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely, that's fine. And it, of course, it would never be as good. But yeah, you, by me, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and so, I mean, just uh, to shoot all the way back to the beginning, um, when you were a climber first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just about. Yeah. yeah just about. And well, I mean, this is the question. I mean, were you docu- documenting your climbs? Were you into photography as well? I mean, how did how did the two kind of link up? Right. Yeah. At the well. Beginning? Okay. So so this is way back when we're talking like 1989, uh-huh. something like that. Maybe not quite that early. Uh, but anyway, so I started climbing in my late teens. Mm-hmm. And uh, loved it. And oh, then, where, whereabouts? Whereabouts were you climbing? So, well, Wither up on the Gritstone, just we're yep. still where I go a lot now, uh, very close to my home in uh, East Lancashire. Has a lot, I'm yep. quite close to a lot of the Yorkshire Gritstone. I can see Malham, like yep. right now, actually, if I look left from my driveway. Oh, right, right, right. Um, I mean, it's twelve miles away. It's tiny, but I yeah. can't see it. <laughs> people say, "I love to, I can see Mum." People are like, "Oh wow!" I'm like, "Yeah, it's just a little yeah. top." But in my head, really... I, I, I pictured yeah. exactly where your house was, and it was just. I was like, oh, yeah, it, it is must have been like, that one there. It is line of sight. No, it's not. It's not. It's not all the way out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, so yeah, there's there's a lot of rock around where I live, and um, yeah, I got on the gritstone. I, I was working at a sports centre. Guy who was climbing there. He took us. There was a little indoor wall. Did that. Just really, just really took to it, you know. Like a lot of people, when they discover climbing, it all just something just kind of clicks. You're like, oh, finally, I found this thing that really pulls together like so many things that, that I like in life. Yeah. I like being outside. I like, you know, I like nature. I like landscapes. But I'm, I'm, I like training, and I'm quite physical, and I like a bit of danger, you know. Like it, so, yeah. it just pulled all these things together. And then I went traveling at, at kind of a few months after I got into it. And I just naturally, like climbing and traveling go together perfectly. So I just naturally ended up at all these crags and kind of was, I guess I was the kind of archetypal climbing bum for a few years. 
And I had a little Olympus Instamatic camera. I stuck slide film in it, which you're not really supposed to do, but it worked. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, essentially, you know, I, I just thought, well, how can I like survive by doing this? Yeah. <laughs> right. okay. And it was like, oh, people do slideshows. Oh, I'll do a slideshow when I get home, and I'll tell everyone about everything I've been doing. Yeah. And yeah. And, that, and that's what I did, and people. Would and you know, and it soon became clear that basically I was never going to be like a, a great climber. Right. I, I you know, just wasn't good enough. Clearly, you can see that now as well. Right. <laughs> that, that bit is consistent. Yes. <laughs> Still not quite at the top level. Uh, try as I might. Uh, but people would really enjoy the photos and they really enjoyed the stories. I think even standing up in front of people, I had a knack for telling a story. This, right. you know, and that obviously translates into the films and editing. And, but not always, but in my case, it did. Yep. So, you know, it took a long, long time <laughs> before okay. it really took any kind of shape. And I did slideshows and photography for years and years. But, you know, I was, just, I was still, like, going away and then living up my mum's. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was not this big, roaring success right. uh, by, by any stretch of the imagination. And then I just started doing a little bit of filming because I thought, and this it seems really obvious now, but this was a, actually a huge thought at the time. Yeah. I thought, oh, what? I could have some video footage in my presentations. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. And this was just, this was before, you know, maybe the first digital projectors were just starting to emerge, but everyone was just still using slides. And my mate's dad had a, this cat little camcorder. You know, again, yeah. just even accessing a camera was really difficult back yeah, then. Yeah. You know, like now, Those now we've all got to a fortune. Yeah, they, they were expensive. Yeah, but it was only like, you know, you, you, you kind of wealthy mate's dad who, who had one because he bought it for a toy. You know, we didn't have one. And so I borrowed that for this trip and, you know, did some. And, and tried then, not to but, drop it. Yeah, tried not to drop it. Yeah, yeah. And just like, and just did loads of bits of camera and did loads of filming with it. And then I came back and I had a mate who worked in production. And he took me in, uh, it was in Manchester, a place called. Red Vision's not there anymore, mm-hmm. but there was a proper uh, linear editing suite, and he sat me down. And we kind of sn- he snuck me in on the Friday night when everyone had gone home, yeah. and he showed me how this editing software works. Uh, you know, I'd never edited anything, not done anything in my life. Coming, oh, they, you know, you capture your clip, and it was all on tapes. So you had to capture everything, and you had to yeah. label it. And it was really, anyway. No, but and, and, no, and no YouTube to uh, to refer to. No, no reference, nothing. And essentially, by the Sunday night, I'd made this 20-minute film. Right. And he came back in, expecting me to just be kind of like sat there with, you know, <laughs> disheartened, like, oh, I just can't do it. And I showed him the film, and he just couldn't believe it. He was just like, well, I've never seen anybody make anything that quickly. Right. And, and it was, you know, it's totally watchable. Yeah. So clearly, it's a bit like when Andy Kirkpatrick talks about, like, public speaking and about mm-hmm. how you do it. And when he says he did his first slideshow, he's like, oh, I didn't feel any fear. I got up there and I started talking to him. I started laughing. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you clearly have a gift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, you, there's, just, there's just something about the way your brain is put together that it just suits that. And just, you know, you know I suppose I've just been lucky with the editing side of things that, right. I've, you know, my brain, it just, it just works. I've just always been able to fathom out as you know beat out a story and yeah. and, 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 and you know and, and realize it quickly as well you know 
be quite good at deciding what's in and what's not and right. and, and choosing music you know things like that all and, and, so, you, and you must you must equally enjoy both aspects of it the filming and the editing i, I get the yeah, impression yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, that some filmmakers <laughs> enjoy the filming and then yeah and then don't like I'm the editing yeah yeah it, but I well, guess I'd having say, both is that. Yeah, you could you could equally say I loathe both of them as well. Right. So, <laughs> because the you know they are like really torturous, lab- laborious. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's a bit. I mean, you know, with Jess's film, there's like 45 hours of footage. Oh my god! Yeah. So you know, there's this huge process which is not fun at all mm-hmm. um, that you have to get through, and it takes months before you've really got anything that's yeah. kind of quite cool to play with. Basically, the last bit of the edit, probably the last three weeks, mm. I love it. Right. <laughs> when you finally see it, you find, and it, well, I guess you could say it's when the film starts to find its own voice and when it's turned into this thing yeah. and it almost seems to have its own pulse and energy and you can just proudly sit there going, oh, I made that. But in a way, it kind of made itself and you just, you know, you were just the one kind of pushing it in the right direction and, and sculpting away. And, it, and that's the bit where you get where you get really excited and you, because it's the bit before you can hit all the disappointment as well. <laughs> so that, before you have to put it out there. <laughs> That's the golden hour, really. It's the bit where you finally you feel like you've made something, yeah. and it's got all this potential and everything, and you're really psyched. And it's before you've actually put it out there, and you know, hit the reality of of, the, of its shortcomings and what it what it what it's not going to do. So that bit's great. And and filming wise, again, I've you know, my arms are pretty knackered these days. I've got various injuries from. Uh, um, filming too much. A big tip for any filmmakers: get one of those. I think Dave Petz has got one. This, this, it's like a backpack <laughs> thing. Yeah. And it holds the weight of your camera. Mate, buy one if you're. <laughs> my elbows are done, you know, because I've never had that, and I just hold these ridiculous isometric positions, yeah. and it's really, really bad for you. So, <laughs> so I find I just even physically find filming quite hard these days. But, but what I love about the filming side is just getting out. And mm-hmm. crack and being and meeting new people and setting up scenarios and like the shoot that we did with Neil at the Roaches in this film, that was one of the best days out I've ever had. You know, it was just right. it was just a there was just this energy. You could just everyone could just feel that oh this is really different. Right, <laughs> I, right. I wonder what's going to happen here. And the, and I think that you know that energy comes through the lens like wonderfully. So yeah, that's the bit I like actually hanging there like holding a camera is a nightmare. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not fun you know <laughs> it might be exciting because of the thing you're involved in but if you look at the reality of filming yeah. my god it's really hard work <laughs> yeah and then you go sit in a darkened room for six months yeah yeah you go sit in a dark room yeah exactly and then, you know so, well, so the realities are like they don't really make any sense they're, they're, yeah. not, they're not really fun things yeah. but so kids <laughs> yeah yeah so kids you're go, inspired. And get, go and get a job yeah <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to do this. And 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 this is a, this is a really kind of obvious question. But when you um, like, like you're talking about kind of, I guess more and more advanced, either either editing or cinematic techniques or just kind of storytelling techniques. What are mm. the things that you know now that you know when you see these fifteen second you know trailers mm. on Facebook for a three minute film? What what, yeah. what, what, what you know what. what 
how can you save some of these people some time? <laughs> Is that what I'm saying? Oh, gosh, I don't know, really. You'd have to probably show me something specific. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of crap drone footage out there. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to touch upon that, but... Um, yeah, yeah, because cause it's, not, cause it's the one thing, actually, in the, the kind of modern armoury of, the, you know, the toys that the filmmaker now has at mm -hmm. uh, his or her disposal compared to, you know, when I first went out with my handicap to China. Yeah. We've now got slow motion, we've got 4K, we've got this, that, the other. You can forget most of it. You don't need any of it. And the one, one of the epiphanies I had recently and with this film was mm -hmm. to abandon slow motion and 4K because I realised that they were just costing me a load of money, they were yeah. taking up tons of my time, yeah. and they were making me ignore the actual story that was going on. Because okay. it was just so seductive. So if you want to be, you know, that my first tip for any aspiring filmmaker, forget about slow motion. Never, ever film in it. Like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in the post-production you might think, oh, it'd be cool. To, maybe there's a certain cases where slow-mo might work because it's part of the story yeah. and because it's part of a point that you're trying to make visually yeah. but in general just slow-mo for the sake of it of someone yeah. slow-mo putting their backpack on slow-mo yeah. putting the climbing shoes on slow-mo forget clapping, it clapping their hands clapping stop, their hands in a <laughs> stop doing it don't do it stop doing it like we've we're sick of it we've seen it don't sit there with your mouth open at your own footage thinking, God, I'm a good filmmaker. <laughs> You're not. The, the I'll tell you what's good, the technology, that's good, okay? Mm. But it's up to you to, to find the story. But the one thing that definitely was made <laughs> for climbing films, for adventure films, are drones. Right. And they do bring something. Aerial footage is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But... There's still a way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't so, and the problem is, there's so many of these drone pilots now mm -hmm. uh, charging God knows what a day. And the problem, my criticism would be, is that they've got the legal certificate, they've learned to fly the drone, but they don't know anything about camera work, or they know very little about camera work and cinematography. And if you're charging me a thousand pound a day, I expect you to know both, yeah. not just how to fly the drone. That is such a small part of it. Well, it's 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 yeah, small. Yeah, maybe that's the right. Way. But so yeah, so learn cinema, appreciate cinematography, slow the damn thing down. Yeah, yeah. no more no more sweeping shots, please. Stop flying. Yeah, you know, stop just going. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but it, yeah, that is. But how are you going to get that in an edit? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You've got to cut back and forth on this. So study cinema, you know, that's something I did with this film was I actually flew the drone myself and I went to Madagascar last year because you can, because <laughs> I'm not qualified or anything. And I, but what was interesting was within an hour, I'd figured out like three or four like kind of standards in drone shots. And I can't, and so with the, I, I got someone else obviously to do the drone stuff with the latest film, but, I, but he'd never filmed climbing before, but I made a, a showreel of shots and I named the shots, and I told you, I told him how to do the shot. I was like, right. basically, you know, you fly from left to right, pan from right to left, keep the subject central, nice and slow. And I'd keep putting, you know, and then I was like, show the clip, and then again, I'd be nice and slow, don't go too fast. And I, and if you mess the shot up, you know, if you suddenly jerk mid shot, mm -hmm. don't worry about it, but start it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't think, oh, we'll edit round that, you know. 
no, we won't do it. You know, you're being paid to do a job. So anyway, it, and he absolutely, and he, he was a really, he was a smart guy, Jago Miller. He did an unbelievable job. It was incredible. But it just shows, you know, preparation, <laughs> direction, you know, using the tools you've got effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, you know. So, yeah, that, yeah I guess that's a, some little little just... bits of something. <laughs> but, yeah, don't worry about slow-mo. Like, forget it. Okay, okay. Well, well, watch out for the cliches, basically. Watch out for the cliches. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you're watching your film and it looks like everyone else's, um you know yeah well just just question it or just and don't don't be afraid to uh try something else and yeah i mean the other, my other big tip i suppose is that you've got to create because editing filmmaking it's very it's really complicated you know yeah. <laughs> because everyone's a filmmaker now uh, yeah. and yeah. so we think it's the, and because the tools have become accessible and the practicalities of editing it's actually kind of a simple process like cutting and pasting and dropping and but of course the, just as cutting film was very simple you know yeah. <laughs> when you have to do it analog the, the process was but of course it, it that doesn't mean to make a good film is simple it's not it, it's complex it's really difficult and if, and it's just as hard or there's just as much effort involved in making a bad film as there is in making a good one. So <laughs> remember that. Just because you work your ass off, <laughs> it doesn't mean, you know, it's not like, because my dad was a baker. So, and I'm always saying to my dad, I'm always saying it's not like baking bread. <laughs> if I do 12 hours in the edit suite, I don't have 400 fantastic tasty loaves. Right. I might still have a load of rubbish. <laughs> it might still be totally watchable because you may be just mangling your head even more or maybe you've gone down the wrong line and not realized it and so yeah. what's in, what's so it's, it, it is difficult it's not to be underestimated and i take my hat off to anyone who tries to make any kind of film because it's a big commitment and it's a big process but my tip would be certainly as far as like the edit and stuff is mm -hmm. create conflict with yourself i.e get other people's opinions who you trust right. so not, don't show it your girlfriend or you unless your girlfriend's an expert filmmaker and, and and knows how to critique you but even if she does you probably won't take it because you've got a relationship with her yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or <Yeah>. boyfriend <laughs> you know which have, either way don't show your mom it's brilliant find someone who knows what they're on about and can give you good advice yeah. But any any great piece of art, as far you know, or work or anything, was all created through conflict. And particularly, you know, a lot of the great films, when you look at the making of, mm. it was carnage. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> utter carnage. So there's obviously something in that. And and if you look at uh, a lot of directors or filmmakers who become very successful and then end up with a lot more control, mm -hmm. they're not as good. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's probably something to do with being comfortable, but it's probably, cause they've got too much control now, so no one will actually stay, say, like, you know, actually, hey, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's not very good. Or, or even, what about this? Just being open to it. Other let other people put their energy and ideas into it. Like, don't think that you have to control everything and it all has to come from you, you know, in a way. Like I say, like, my name ends up on my films, but really, mm -hmm. they're kind of, you know, they're their own beings. They're the... They're, 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 the production of so many different people and, and energy and you know I'm, I've been lucky to be involved in that and that people like to work with me and but don't get carried away at any point thinking it was you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
or that it was just you. You know, you didn't, you know, you didn't give birth to this thing. It was, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, was, yeah. you know, you were the facilitator, like, let's say. And so it's important. I think that's probably something I probably wouldn't have said all that even two years ago. So that's yeah. a, maybe a more recent kind of um, outlook, I suppose, yeah. that I have on things. Yeah, just realizing that that conflict is key. It's absolutely crucial. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Anyway. Amazing. Ta-da. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening. If you're still at home or on the tube, <laughs> where you might be. Out, wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That was amazing. Al, thank you so much for your time. I, yeah, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, can't wait to see what the next project well, is. I, I, I love the way that you don't know what it is yet. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People say that. I'm like, well, I've never known what I was doing for the last 15 years. So yeah. why would I suddenly know now? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit. It's a very insecure life. I'll admit that. You know, yeah, I, yeah, sometimes yeah. I wish I did know a bit more. But uh, but then you know the the this the yeah the the moments like making a film like this and seeing how it how well it goes just makes it all worth it. Because yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have that if I if I was looking for something more secure. So for sure, for sure, yeah. For sure. Well, thanks for right. having me. It's been been my pleasure oh. to, uh, <laughs> to speak to you. <laughs> You've been amazing. Thank you so much. And a massive thanks to Al for his time and generosity with his knowledge. And a huge thanks for you for listening in this year. We're going to be back early in 2020 with some more incredible guests who have done incredible things. Have a great Christmas and we'll see you in the new year.